Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. The Gen Z Basketball Coaching and Sports Business Show. On this podcast, you'll learn from professional players, coaches, and executives from all over the world and see the court in a brand new way. And now, joining you courtside, your Gen Z host, John Hartafillis. Hi, Renee. What's going on? Nothing much, John. Happy to be here and happy to join you. I'm not sure if I believe that. There's definitely a lot going on, but either way, uh, definitely super excited to have you on the show. We obviously can talk a lot about, about your career, and I'm sure so many of our listeners will be able to be inspired by your story, and, and they, they obviously uh, walk that same path as well. So definitely, I, I want to kind of start at the beginning, and I'm, I'm sure right, everyone's asking what you're doing right now, but there's obviously a, a buildup to that, and, and especially for, for so many uh, young, young, young people that are, that are trying to go into the same field, young women that are, that are thinking of the same thing. It's tough, right, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old to, to figure that out for yourself. Um, so I'm curious maybe what your steps you kind of took maybe in, in maybe even high, or as early as high school or college to set up what you're doing now. Oh, man, um, that's a great question. I The, the crazy thing is, we have these moments in life, I feel like sometimes for me at least, where I'm like, how did I get here? Like, I remember, uh, you know, especially growing up, I was always a big time soccer player. So my focus was playing soccer at the highest level, which I did have the chance to do. You know, I did have the chance to um, get called in to play with Sky Blue out of New Jersey at the time. And that was like, oh, great. This is where exactly what I was working towards. But also I, I realized in that moment that you know, I kind of felt like I'd, I'd reached and done all I could as an athlete on the field. And it was time for me to transition and retire in that sense and kind of move into a different role. So, and just kind of figuring out what was next. I, I definitely had always had an inclination that I wanted to do something in sports. I just didn't know what that looked like. So I remember uh, my undergrad degree was actually in public relations. And I remember when I was in my junior year in college saying to my roommate at the time, I think I want to be a sports reporter. I was like, I think I want to write a book. I want to be a sports reporter. I was like, I, I enjoy public relations. I'd had a, t- a ton of internships in PR and marketing, social media management. And I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. There was like something missing. I didn't like sitting at a desk every day. I didn't like the structure of every day kind of being the same. But I did enjoy being able to create content, being able to cover um, all these great stories and, and help promote in that sense. So I was like, I think it looks more like sports reporting. The pieces started to just kind of click, um, but it was not that easy of like, I want to do it and let me start doing it. I'm still in the process of transitioning. I, I think it will take time before I finally feel like I have reached the pinnacles of what I want to fully reach. But I do also know that where I started, um, once I was done coaching college soccer, getting my master's degree in 2016, I since then have, have been able to accomplish a lot that I set out to do. But I think the biggest thing is just understanding, like, it's funny you make that comment about, I believe that you're probably more busy than you're saying. It's just like a normal thing. And as you know, and, and you're, we were talking before we even started about how busy you are and all you've, all the great things you have going on, you're just constantly moving. That's just the nature of the industry. And so I don't even know how I got to where I am today, but it's faith, it's hard work, it's consistency, it's being relentless, determination, and just never really settling. And that's basically in a nutshell how I would summarize the last few years of what my career has been without getting into the weeds of every single job and opportunity that led me to the specific point. 
hundred percent. And all those things you listed, I mean, my listeners might've lost track of all the stuff, right. That you're, that you're doing, but that, that's still obviously super important. And I can't even imagine uh, myself just sitting still or, or, or chilling. Let's take this night off and just watch Netflix for the whole night or t- let's take a day off. I can't even uh, imagine what that's like, but I, and you were saying how you maybe don't quite know. I mean, I think it's kind of clear because if you go on your LinkedIn profile, I invite listeners to do so. You have to click show more a couple of times. Um, and I was actually, when I was doing it on my own, I, I have a new M1 laptop. It's really fast. It's pretty, it's a pretty good uh, machine, right? It's pretty brand new. It started lagging for a second when I was, when I was hitting <laughs> it. So obviously, right there, you, I think you were doing something right during that time. And obviously there's too many to, to, to list and to ask about each one, but what was it like kind of going from one to the other and, and, and taking all those skills from so many different experiences? For me, I've always just understood that every opportunity that you have, good or bad, teaches you something. So I actually got started in the industry by literally just pulling from all of my many internships I had in college and PR. And I was working in some sports aspects, some that were nothing to do with sports whatsoever. I was in the health industry. I was in science and and just a wide variety of different things I was doing as an intern. And so I just started pulling from each of those experiences. Okay, what did I do that allowed me to do video editing or allowed me to have to create content or write publications? Just literally started pulling from different things. And that's all I've been doing in my career is finding ways to pull from each experience something that aligns with what I want to do in my end career, like what I want that to look like, the end game to look like. So even to this day, like I, I'm still juggling a bunch of different things, working primarily with ESPN, doing college games, with the union and the MLS as a game day host and broadcaster, with Fox Sports, doing everything from my podcast to covering in the NBA and the WNBA, the Mystics and Wizards, just trying to pull from every experience what I can, because I think that a lot of people get caught up in just trying to find that one job. And trust me, I'd love to eventually have just that one job. But unfortunately, when you're just getting started in this industry, it doesn't happen that way. You know, I even think back to some of my first jobs as an MMJ. I was working in news and sports. I was just doing so many different things. Very rarely do you get started, you get out of college and it's like, this is what I want to do. And you jump right into the job that encompasses everything that you want in a career. You've got to be willing to build. So I just have been pulling different pieces, learning about myself, learning what I do like, what I don't like. I am constantly evolving and really what I want, but always just trying to find ways to make sure that I am learning from every experience, every coworker, every boss, every, every game, every, everything has something to teach. And that's, I think, the biggest reason why I have done so much in my career, just to keep moving forward. So important, right, to make sure that you just keep on moving forward and not and never be standing still. And there were, of course, all those experiences. I'm curious, maybe, because it, it's, it's kind of hard. Maybe you get, might get lost in, in your LinkedIn or in thinking, maybe, what, what was that first where you're like, okay, now I'm working in sports. I'm, and there's, sure, there's been a, a bunch recently, like the ESPN and Fox that are, that are maybe the, the big time jobs. But even before that, what was the first time you're like, you know what, I, I did what I want to do. I'm working in sports. Maybe it's not, you know, ESPN or Fox, but I'm doing it now. What, what, what did that look like for you? It's funny because I have a unique, a very unique path, but my very first full-time job, I was actually a sports MMJ. So I was from the beginning able to work in sports, just not always the capacity that I wanted. So that job gave me the opportunity and, and I was there for two years. That's actually the longest I've been in any of my jobs fully uh, focused on that one. But I, I was working on the news side doing our morning and afternoon news segment. So I was pumping out like six videos a day for that as an anchor, but I was also going and covering high school sports. So I'm sure as you know, when you're involved in high school sports, you get the excitement of the players and their families. I, I still remember so many parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, siblings, whoever coming up to me, just thanking me because of the coverage I was giving. So it just gave me the confidence of like, this is why you do what you do. 
to create these stories, to be able to connect. So people from all over, even if they're not able to come to the actual game, can watch the recap, can watch the highlights, can watch the interviews. And so that gave me the chance to learn every sport as a reporter. You know, I've played a lot of different sports as an athlete, but covering it is different. Where do you stand? What angles are you, and stories are you, storylines are you looking for? You know, what shots are you looking to get in terms of like camera work? It just really gave me perspective. So at that point, I was fortunate to work in sports, but then also working in news gave me the reps of being on air all the time. Um, and it just really helped me again, piece things together. But I think for me, the biggest one may have been when I got into professional lacrosse. Now, lacrosse is not a sport I set out to cover, but it was my first time working in a professional sport. So it was kind of that moment where I realized, wow, it took me a couple of years. It was a lot faster than I had anticipated, but I was working fully in a professional sport and being a part of a professional league, it was... It, kind of that like pinch me moment that I'm able to be in such a short amount of time working at, at such a high level. So to jump from high school sports, not really sure what's next, where to go. I, I did have a transition in between there. It wasn't as simple as A to B. I did have a job in between and other opportunities in between, but that was definitely the moment when I was working in professional sports for the first time, like, holy crap, this is actually happening. And this is actually something I, I think I can do this. I actually think I could do this. So I've had a lot of those pinch me moments, ESPN being one of them when I was on TV for the first time with ESPN and people were reaching out like, I saw you on TV. That was my first time on ESPN. I'd been on TV before, but it was local news networks. It was smaller stations, but to be able to have those moments uh, definitely actually keeps you motivated that you can keep going too. I mean, it's, it's inspiring thinking about right, the build up to that moment. And right, you had even just had one, but you've had multiple of those moments where it's like, wow, pinch me, right? This is crazy. And it's, it's, it's obviously uplifting to hear that. I'm thinking, right, even in the league, right? I, I don't even know the rules of lacrosse, right? I, like, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about basketball, but thinking about how, like, that's just such a huge thing, right? And, and being with a professional sport and finally getting to live that dream. Um, and then obviously the build up to what we're going to talk about now, with, of course, with ESPN and Fox. And all that cool stuff. But before we dive into that, I mean, one other part of your job, maybe that you, you did for a little bit that maybe it's a little bit different from the reporting and, and, the, and the writing side of things is being an arena host. And people really, everyone knows who the arena, in arena hosts are. They see them on the Jumbotron and everyone's like, okay, we know who that person is, but what do you, what, I mean, what's, what's game day like? What's that preparation like for, for a job that maybe everyone sees, but not everyone knows about? That was definitely an experience because for one, you get the direct feedback. So being an in arena host versus being on like TV, everybody that's watching you is right there watching you um, on TV. If you make a mistake and, and I've had this happen like many times where, you know, you mess up on an, on a closing or, or a question doesn't come out as smoothly as you really wanted to but you don't get that direct feedback because you're looking at a camera. So you're cringing. You're like, oh gosh, what are people going to think? What are they going to say? But you don't really know. But I'll never forget, um, I was working with LaSalle men's basketball as an in-arena host. And I made a joke because we had like a Philly sports day. So each contest we did, directly related to a specific Philly sports team. So there was a Sixers contest, an Eagles, and I made an Eagles joke. I don't even remember it, but in my head, it sounded awesome. And nobody laughed. It was just like, kind of like, I was like, oh, so, I mean, I think the hardest thing about that was exactly that. You're right there. The game's going on. It's like sideline reporting. You're running in and out to grab sound by, you know, to add content. But again, it's to an audience that you can't see. But to be on the court, trying to encourage, like for the contest, for example, there's kids going that are, and you're trying to get the crowd going and come on, everyone, let's go. Like you're, you're the hype man. And I'm a, I'd like to think I'm a good hype man. But again, it's just something different about being in a big arena full of 
people that are now directly able to give you that feedback of yes, that that joke went well or no, we're not feeling that. So it was definitely something. And and one thing I actually try to strive to also do in my career is have those those opportunities that force me outside of my comfort zone, because it was completely different. I enjoyed it. I loved it. You know, it, it got to the point, as you mentioned, when people were like, oh, hey, Renee, can I come? You know, they're, they're coming to me for contests. They're coming to me for things. I'm getting that direct feedback in a good way. But it did also allow me to have to grow because it's so fast paced. You've got to stand in the right spot. The game's going on. Uh, you can't be in the way, but you got to be in the way at the same time, if that makes sense. So it forced me to really have to to learn and grow. And again, much like even getting into lacrosse and getting into, I covered racing. I covered, I've covered a wide variety of things in sports, outside of sports, but they all have forced me to have to be uncomfortable and have to like learn different aspects instead of everything always being the same. Because one thing I've learned is every studio, every station, every network, every team, they run things differently. So the more awareness and and knowledge you have, the more it allows you to be successful when you do step into those new roles. I mean, of course, that's incredibly helpful. We've spent all this time outlisting all the skills that you've had to build it to where you are now. And I mean, of course, it's I, I, the one thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by is how you're juggling both ESPN and Fox at the same time. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit because ESPN came first. I, I'm curious, but right? that was the huge pinching moment being on TV. But I mean, I'm sure leading up to that, right? It's it's, it's incredibly arduous process to, to even get in the door at ESPN. I mean, cause, and, I'm, and there's so many other young young people, young women that are trying to do the same thing. Um, what, what did that look like for you and saying, you know what, I'm going to chase that dream and, and finally acquiring it? You know, it's funny because for both of those, and this is why I always tell people in this industry, it's very unique. For both of those opportunities, it did not come from me actually seeking them. Someone actually kind of sought me, you know? So for ESPN, for example, I was working with my very first job at the time. I had just started doing this local show. It was unpaid. And look, I'm all for getting paid, but I also understand the value of the investment of unpaid opportunities. That was an unpaid opportunity I was putting out three shows a week. They were all live. It was 30 minute shows. It was an in-studio show. It was my first time really being able to create content that was my own outside of a network, outside of a, of a company where I was in charge of the guests, the rundown, the questions, the topic, the conversation, everything. So that actually allowed, I still have no idea how, but one of the ESPN producers with the Ivy League network to actually see me come across my work, come across my profile, and they were looking for a color commentator for soccer. And because I have a great soccer background, they're like, you know what, would you be interested? And I was like, wait a minute. I remember they called me, I'm like, is this like a spam call? Like, who is this? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know how you got my information, but it was out of Princeton University and they were looking for somebody to, to help cover at the time, just fill in for some men's and women's soccer games. Well, fast forward a few years, all colleges have now transitioned to having their games rather than them streaming through the university, they stream through ESPN. And what started out as a, as a role with ESPN, just kind of working some soccer games led me to, I mean, I just, ironically, just about an hour and some change ago, got my schedule for the fall, sideline reporting for football games, helping out. I was even invited to do other events outside of just Princeton, but with the Ivy League in general, I work with St. Joe's and Temple, helping with their games as well. And I'm working across sports and I'm, I've, I've done play-by-play, I've done color commentary, I've done sideline reporting, I've done feature videos. It really has grown into something that in the beginning started out as just one small opportunity. And again, it came from that unpaid 
show I was doing, which led to one small opportunity, which led to me just being willing to help out. I'm like, look, I cover a lot of sports. Anything you need, I can help. And it's really opened some doors. And it's the same thing with Fox Sports, just from being in the right place, doing the right things consistently that I was able to get connected and, and move up in that sense. So as much as I value websites like LinkedIn and Indeed and everything and, and being able to apply, 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 I've heard a lot of news. I've been rejected many times, but I've also had a lot of opportunities where because I was doing the right thing, somebody did come across my page and, and it led to a great opportunity. So it was definitely another one of those pinch me moments like, wow, I'm, I'm actually getting noticed and I'm actually doing uh, something positive that's helping me get my name and my face and my work out there. I love that because I can relate to it so much with Gen Z hoops. I mean, it's it complete, right? I, I make absolutely no money from this. It's all about making content and putting and putting right my, my love for the game. I love for doing this out there. All of the process, it's not really the result. The result will take care of itself. And I, I know that. And I've had so many guests that come on and say the same thing about, well, I wasn't really looking for this job, but because I, 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 I did this, that's this is why it happened. And that's what I love the most because it's so incredible to me because everyone will probably look at that and say, oh, well, it just came out of nowhere. You, you know, quote unquote, you got lucky. There's no such thing as luck, right? There was so much going into that to set yourself up because if you didn't do that, there's no phone call from ESPN coming, right? That, that That's kind of what exactly. sets all that stuff up. Um, so with that, man, of course, with that stuff from ESPN, you mentioned that first, do you, do you remember like maybe what you were talking about that first day? Like, I mean, getting into the studio, like, kind of what, if you can walk us through what that first day on national TV was like, and and, and really maybe just the, the experience of, go, of getting up there and, and you know getting rid of those butterflies and saying, okay, it's showtime. So for the ESPN role specifically, because I started in soccer, it wasn't as big of an audience, which helped me to really be able to transition. And, and so once we did get launched on like a, a larger scale where we were having our games played across ESPN and like the app and everything, and people can tune in from anywhere, I still didn't fully understand the moment of it until I, I remember I was talking to someone on the phone for like, I don't remember what it was for, like an event I was doing. And they were like, wait, are you Renee Washington? And I'm like, what? They're like, are you from ESPN? I'm like, no, like you're just making this up. Because a lot of times I feel like people confuse me with someone else. And they're like, no, I watched you do Princeton football games and they're they're not in the area. So I've I've had kind of, it's like been like a delayed response where I didn't really realize it at first. And then after the fact, I had a number of people after that first football game I did for Princeton as a sideline reporter then I had people reaching out like oh I saw you on ESPN I'm like wait what <laughs> like I still didn't realize the reach it had and how many people would be tuning in so maybe that's ignorance on my end but I think it worked out for the best because it, I wasn't overwhelmed I just kind of went into it doing my best and then afterwards was able to realize oh wow there were a lot of people that just watched that but I think for me um regardless how many people are watching I do always remember that fact that it, whether it's TV, digital, whatever it may be, once it's out there, it's out there. So I always try to treat everything I'm doing as if I'm sitting in Bristol, Connecticut and ESPN or with Skip and Shannon in Fox Sports to be at the highest level because you really never know who's watching. And I'll, I've had kids that have reached out saying that I'm an inspiration or that you know, they're so thankful for me as a Black woman that in some way I've inspired them. You know, I think that's for me even more impactful than that even just the amount of actual people watching you know I have a three-year-old nephew who gets so excited when he sees me on tv and so like just knowing that not only is it fans that are watching but it's also the next generation it's also aspiring broadcasters it's also former or current athletes that don't know what to do next so I've I've had a lot of those moments the Philadelphia Union's first game was absolutely without a doubt that very first moment where I was like holy crap this is real 
because I've coached youth soccer for, for many years now. I've been involved in the area as a player, as a coach for many years now. My phone was exploding and I didn't realize how many people were watching again, but exploding with texts, with calls, with screenshots. I was getting on Thea by people like, Renee Washington, I see you, former this, my former coach, my former teammate, whatever. So I still have those moments because I don't really understand the magnitude of it. I think that's just for me having played, I'm used to kind of being on like a bigger stage in that sense, but it's not until I have those those messages and, and people reaching out like, thank you, or I appreciate you, or I'm so inspired by you that I really realized, okay, this is kind of a big deal. <laughs> so I try to just keep everything level-headed in perspective and not get overwhelmed by the moment. I afterwards I though, fully celebrate the moment. I'm so excited after. <laughs> oh, and so important, right? Deservedly so, it's so important to do that. And I can confirm on behalf of Gen Z that Gen Z is watching, right? All these young kids are, are watching and, and, and thinking to themselves, okay, how can I kind of be like that? And that's what I, I hope everyone takes from this episode is okay, maybe I can take that. Maybe I can take, oh, let me look up Renee's LinkedIn profile. Let me see what's going on. How, how can I kind of try to do the same thing? I'm 18, 19, 20 years old to kind of follow that same path because my passion's in sports journalism too, right? That's, that's of course the, the goal of this show. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure right one of the driving forces to why you do what you do, uh, which is which is awesome. And then maybe kind of expanding on that, right? I mean, ESPN was probably part of the dream, right? It's crazy that you're doing Fox at the same time. I mean, I'm curious, of course, how that opportunity presented itself and, and, and what happened there, but then also how in the world you juggle both of those at the same time and are able to, to be on one and then the other um, producing so much content. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been tough. The thing that a lot of people don't know is I've got a lot going on behind the scenes that I'm also working on. So like I have been in the process of writing a book. I have been in the process. I've launched a business during COVID and I'm in the process of launching another one. Um, But I'm also fortunate that within ESPN and Fox Sports, I haven't quite made it yet. Like I'm much further along than where I want to be. Don't get me wrong. I'm much further along than where, excuse me, where I started. And I'm, I'm just not exactly fully where I want to be yet. So I do have that still flexibility where I can balance and, and be able to utilize both networks and, and the work that I'm doing in such a great way. The pandemic actually allowed me, since I do work out of D.C., for uh, Fox Sports and I work out of more New Jersey, Philadelphia for ESPN. That's actually the big juggle to be able to be kind of in two states at once because a lot of what we do now, like I have a lot of our, the Zoom calls, press conferences are done over Zoom. So instead of having to be there in person in DC for the Mystics, I'm catching that interview over Zoom so I can now be able to have that flexibility. So COVID has spoiled me in some ways in that aspect because it's made my work a little bit easier in my car for sure of not having to be in two states at once or anything. But I think again, it's just for knowing that I'm not done yet. You know, I think that's what makes it easier to kind of work through both and work through everything that I'm doing. I'm not full-time in any of these networks, which also helps. It's not like I'm anywhere Monday to Friday, eight to five or anything like that or all day. But um, I also know that I want to be able to continue to move up. You know, the driving force is exactly that. I have mentors that work in some of the biggest names and everything that are still trying to evolve. They're, they're dropping a podcast. They're coming out with a book. They're com- like, there's always something more you can do. So I've never ever been one to be complacent because I, I to this day, still have people that, that come up to me. I've been done playing soccer for, gosh, I stopped playing soccer in 2014, 2021. So almost, almost 10 years now. Um, and I still have people that come up to me to this day that say, I loved watching you play soccer or 
you were such an inspiration for me or my daughter. So I bring that same mindset into my reporting because those are people, I didn't even realize they were paying attention. I'm like, really? You saw this, you saw, you, you saw this game or you watched me play here, whatever it was. You never know who's watching. It's on two sides, much like how ESPN reached out to me when I was doing that unpaid show. On the other side of it, it is, it is people that you're inspiring. So it could be that job opportunity, but it could also just be someone that's, that's inspired by you. So for that, that's why I juggle because if I was complacent, maybe I would just do one thing, but I haven't found that opportunity yet, to be honest, where I feel like I can kind of take a step back and just do one or two things. I'm doing a million things for that matter. <laughs> I love it, right? And that's, that's a cool story, inspiring to, to someone like myself, or of course, many of our listeners who have that, Jen, who's my main thing, I have a lot of other passion projects on the side, things that I'm trying to do, two, three, four, five things, because it's tough to get complacent, especially when you're doing what you love. Um, and, and of course, right, it's, it's great thinking about how that drive keeps you going. And, and, and I can't imagine, right, what you're going to, what's going to happen in the next year, two, three, four, five years. I mean, taking it all the way back, maybe after the conversation we just had, breaking down everything of, of maybe from your career, what's some advice you'd give to an 18 or 19 year old Renee who has no idea, she has no idea what the, the world she's getting into, right? She's she, she just getting into college, has no idea what's coming up, what's coming for her. What's some advice you give to prepare her to, to make that journey a little, a little, a little easier? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is to understand that it's going to take time, you know, and, and I know that a lot of times we as aspirations, having aspirations, having goals, having ambitions, we always kind of get caught up in the now because we're, we're used to getting that instant gratification of, you know, you post something on Instagram and you immediately get the likes and you get the feedback, but that's not the way that the world works. So it took me a while and it still takes me time. I still have times where I'm like, oh man, when is this going to happen for me? Or when am I going to get that next job or whatever it may be? But understanding that your path is your path, your timeline your opportunities, your jobs, even, even understand that sometimes you might feel like you're, you've been rejected, but you've really just been, it's not a no, it's a not yet. And I've had times where I'm like, gosh, I, I, I ironically just had one um, at the beginning of the year, you apply for a, a job, you don't get it. And it's like, gosh, I can't seem to get that next job. But I've also looked back on some of those same jobs I applied for. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't get it. I got something better or I'm doing something better or I'm doing something that aligns with more of who I am. So understanding that everything really, and I'm, I'm a very spiritual person, everything really does happen for a reason, but also when it's supposed to happen. And I can't compare myself to you or anybody else. Everybody's on their own path. And the moment you start comparing yourself, especially because of social media, which we all fall into that trap, you start comparing your, the amount of followers you have or likes you have or the job you have or the house or boyfriend or whatever other thing that you think you're supposed to be doing and you get caught up. And so you can't lose sight of where you started, where you are and where you're going. So I think that is definitely my advice because that's what's helped me is understanding that you have to run your own race. Your only competition is truly yourself. And the moment you start comparing yourself to everybody else and, and focusing on the wrong things, you're not helping your own journey, but you're also mentally going to stress yourself out. So that without a doubt is something that has helped me kind of keep focused on not only growing, but also diversifying myself. That's why I do so many different things because I do feel like I've got to be the best me from where I was a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, I've got to continue evolving. Otherwise I'm settling and I don't ever want to do that. 
Never, ever, ever. And I, I, I don't, after, right after this conversation, I really I would bet a lot of money that you wouldn't do that ever, uh, ever. So, I mean, Renee, really, thank you so much for coming on the show because, I mean, you really did lay out the blueprint both of how you found success, but also how so many of our listeners can take that and go, wow, this is pretty inspiring. What can I do to maybe replicate that or to do something similar for myself? So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing the, these insights. Um, and I really hope it helps some of our, some of our listeners out. Um, thank you so much for coming on and can't wait to talk again soon. Thank you so much for having me. All the best to you. And I, I'm really Im- impressed with what you've got going on. So keep up the great work. And I, you know, if you ever need anything from me, let me know. Thanks for listening to Gen Z Hoops. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all major social media platforms at Gen Z Hoops. You can tune in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other podcast platform on the planet. Get ready for the next episode.